g'day, how you going? And welcome everybody. We are talking about exposure and I'm not talking about exposing yourself necessarily. It's each to your own. <laughs> or are we, talk, are we talking about the wanky term of like when someone says, no, it's not a photograph, it's an exposure. <laughs> no. Because <laughs> that's my pet peeve. That is one of my worst things ever when someone does that. I'm like, no, nah, it's a photo or a picture. You can't like, really say that unless you're shooting film though. Because you don't really expose. Oh, you expose the center to light. Don't you? you do. You do. It's just a really overly unnecessarily wanky way to say. It. Anyway, back to you. What are we talking about? Today? <laughs> no, you were on a roll. You're doing a great job explaining the wanky terms. In photography, we are going to talk about whether or not you should swap your photos for the term exposure, whether or not that's going to really generate the millions of dollars that you're after. So without further ado, let's get straight into the topic. Matt. They're a little bit loose, a little bit unstrung, and they've probably had a few beers beforehand. Please welcome Matt Crummins and Tom Fancy Pants Putt with yet another episode of Matt and Tom's Excellent Adventure. Well, good day, everybody. Welcome to yet another amazing episode of Matt and Tom's Excellent Podcast. My name is Tom. On the other end of the line is Matt Scrummins. And welcome to the show, Matt. I'm pretty excited to be here, Tom, yet again. I would hope so. I bloody hope so. It's 8.30 on a very chilly Tuesday morning. It must be. Oh, my God, it's cold. Friggin' freezing out near your joint because you do live in the stocks, bro. It is zero degrees here tomorrow morning at 7.30, and I reckon this morning it didn't top more than one or two degrees. Lilydale, let's have a look. I'm looking on my app. I was out your way last night, in fact, and I... Well, 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 you were out my way last night and you didn't... You were in a funk yesterday, weren't you? I didn't in. I'm so sorry. I was Mm. um, out at... Where was I? Doncaster Hockey Club. Oh, that's not really my... I mean, it sort of is, but it's, you know... that's Well, I did drive past the sort of exit to go to your place. I was probably 20 minutes away. That's Which like me saying I was at your very place. Very close, given the fact that we live about 10 hours away from each other. Mm. Yeah, true, <laughs> true. Three and a half degrees with fog this morning. It feels like 2.1 degrees where you are. For those listening and you're not from Melbourne, we're going through a little bit of a cold patch. For those who like skiing, they're jumping up and down. They had about 10, 20 centimetres just yesterday. <laughs> and so winter has finally arrived. Hey, Maddie, I've got a controversial start to this podcast oh my god is it is it about our our hike that i was worried there'd be no snow and now i'm worried i'm going to literally die and not be able to get rescued correct you will be however i will be taking all safety precautions necessary to ensure that i do get you to the other end safely and you I feel, likewise i to feel me. like that that um that safety precaution is that you're bringing mead as a as a as a very hearty meal in case <laughs> we, we both end up freezing on a mountain you've just looked for the person who's got the most fat stores to it. drag up that mountain. Mm. Mate, if we're talking about fat stores, I think I'm winning that game at this stage. So you'll be eating me, not the other way around. <laughs> However, um, I'm a big believer, as they do, I believe, in the Northern Hemisphere, that our calendar shouldn't dictate the seasons. Now, let me explain. People always go on about, oh, it's summer. They're talking about summer and they go, oh, some sort of summer we're having. And it's like December 3. 
and they're complaining mm. summer hasn't arrived. And then by sort of, you know, the 21st, 22nd of December, three weeks in to December, summer arrives and it kicks in. The same at the end of the season where people go March, it's 15th of March, and they go, it's autumn and it's still really warm. Like we're having an extended summer, aren't we? And I go, no, I think it works around the equinox, you know, the summer solstice and all that sort of stuff. So in my mind, our season should go on the solstice as opposed to the calendar. So let me explain. Summer does not begin <clears throat> on the 1st of December. It does not end on the 29th of 28th of February. It starts on the 21st, 22nd of December and it ends around the 21st, 22nd of March. That's my, my thinking. So, so you're trying to basically change centuries of thinking. No, I'm just saying the calendar doesn't line up with the actual weather and the seasons. And in the mm. Northern Hemisphere, this is the way they view things. This is the way they count their seasons. They don't go by calendar. They go via the solstice. Look at us now. What date is it? It's the 20th of June and yesterday some winter arrived. Winter arrived yesterday and we're one or two days off the winter solstice. I'm right. You're wrong. Bad luck. Mm, I don't know. I from from my recollection in the northern hemisphere in the similar Western countries, they still do work off a calendar. Um, they might not in like you know. I mean, there might be the occasional Fruit Loop who you know <laughs> works on these sort of um, astrology um, terms and things like that. But um, but you know what, Tom? If you're saying that the um, the ancient Greeks uh, philosophers got it wrong when they came up with the calendar then I think that what we should do is in, we should indoctrinate you into that group. I think we could make you mediocrities. Who came up with the, yeah, uh, the new, the new calendar. I always see myself as some sort of Greek god. So, you know, yeah, well, it's, it's the abs, somewhere. isn't it? It's the abs. <laughs> they're there somewhere. I've, yeah. never had I've got abs. In I know. I know I've got them. They're there. They're just, they're just hidden under a few layers of insulation. Are you saying you've never – because you used to be quite the sports person. You're saying you never have – you've never looked in the mirror and seen definition in those never abs. never had definition in my abs. I have just yeah. don't, I don't have that genetics, that body type, unfortunately. No, oh, there you go. But that's okay. Hey, look, people – Thanks, don't, Dad. People <laughs> don't listen to this podcast in order to hear whether or not I've got abs. Well, it wasn't that. I think it was. I think they they know full well from all your profile photos that you don't have abs. But it was more like historically before you got a bit, you know, older and full of yourself. Um, that you know, yeah, it would be they might not have known. Copious amounts of red wine that I consumed at somebody's house the other night. That mm. didn't help, would it? No, it didn't help. Oh, you know, though, I woke up yesterday and I was like, no, you know what? Got to get back to this. I belted out a fifteen k run yesterday. Fifteen. 15, in, in, this is all in the name of training for our mission because I'm actually getting a bit scared about it. You know, you know, like you showed me the map of where we're going and I was like, yeah, cool, the mountains, whatevs. Yeah. And, you know, I've noticed recently that, you know, I, I try to train myself into being comfortable in the cold. This is actually a technique I use for photography as well, not to go way off topic, but no, I, I wear I shorts nearly every day of the year. You've mentioned the word photography, so therefore... Yeah, oh, we're done, yeah. <laughs> But no, I wear shorts nearly every single day of the year, not because I think they're stylish and I have great pins to show off, um, but because I like the idea of my, setting my new normal comfortable temperature to being quite cold or in summer quite hot because the more comfortable you are at the time in whatever environment you happen to be in, the more you can focus and concentrate. So there's nothing worse than being too cold where you can't focus. Yes. And so I figured that if I walk around in shorts every day, especially like transitioning from the hot weather to the cold weather, yeah. um, 
your body kind of adapt has, you know, over the course of a season, like a calendar three months, your body has uh, time to adapt to that new normal. So like today, it's two degrees outside. I'm in shorts and I, my legs are not really all that cold. I'm not actually feeling that cold. Matt, so I've been, I've been, everybody is sitting in an ice bath outside on his veranda doing podcast. <laughs> and he's not cold at all. He's not no. shivering. You know, you can't hear he's, Keeping your voice very steady there, Matt. It's fantastic. It. Well done. No, but that. So, and then, and then I'm thinking, right? So, I know I need to <laughs> shut up. <laughs> Stop telling everyone about my bad habits. Um, no, he but I love his buddy smugglers. He buys them off. Um, what is it? Aussie bum. Tony Abbott. <laughs> Tony Abbott. TonyAbbott.com. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they only come in extra small. Um, but yeah, so, so I've been looking at this trip and I'm like, you know, I've been trying to get used to the cold because I know that, like, I've never done a snow camp. I've never camped in the snow and we're apparently doing it for like four or five nights. So that's going to be cold. Matty, um, I was thinking, go on, that that you and I actually, on a serious note, just we should do a test run, pause man. the podcast for a second. We actually probably need to do a little practice run. I'm thinking I, of driving I up agree. to your place and we'll hire some snowshoes for you and we'll go up to Lake Mountain and we'll do a day's walking up there. What do you think? Yeah, I think we should do that, and um, and we should practice the the snuggling for warmth as well. Um, <laughs> no, that's a really good idea, though. I actually was thinking the same thing. I am taking separate tents, then. You are, <laughs> but 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 I have, in seriousness, been trying to go. You know what? If I can if I can get my fitness right up, there's actually a couple of advantages in this. Firstly, this this I won't die on this trip. But secondly, I've actually been thinking a lot about this lately. Fitness and photography. Um, they actually go really closely hand in hand. Why is that? How? Well, well, okay, tell me this. I know a lot of unfit people who still enjoy their photography. I didn't say they didn't enjoy it. I'm just saying (laughs) that in terms of your, the, the success of your photography can somewhat be reliant on fitness in some genres. So for instance, I noticed the other day, um, I, we, we did a seascapes workshop, um, down at the peninsula and I had four people on my workshop um, who were, you know, like fit enough, but not oh God, the same. Is this, is this uh, where no, you no, absolutely no. alienate your your participants? No, not at all. But I'm saying, like, the shit out of them. No, not in God. Seriously, Thomas, oh you, you, you obviously don't even know me. Um, <laughs> no, but it sort of struck me that I take it for granted that I can bound up a rock ledge yes. or I can get right down to the, you know, to right onto the edge of a rock where there's crashing waves and balancing and, you know, or even being able to carry a heavy bag of gear really confidently. It's not that it's going to improve your photography as such, but it does allow you to get much more dynamic compositions. And so... I do think that, f- that fitness can play a huge role. Like, you know, the reason we're going on this big hike um, is, is to try and get to some locations you just can't drive to, you know. Yep. Where, you know, if I look at even when I was in um, a little Bali trip recently, I actually took my camera and went for a run in the morning. I did like an 8K run around Ubud. And I was going down paths and tracks that I just simply wouldn't drive down because, yes. well, firstly, you can't get a car down there. And secondly, I wouldn't know to go there. But when you're running, you can actually explore a bit. And I just think it was really interesting. You know, I wonder whether there's actually some interesting advice there for especially people who are getting a bit older who don't want to carry as much gear or camera gear. But, you know, you see like water aerobics. I'm wondering whether you can do like camera aerobics where you just like hold your 7200 and do like curls. 
you know what I mean? Like once you get to the point where you just think the 7200 is, is fine to carry, now that's oh going to save you a whole lot. Yeah, I'm just thinking there's probably an app in this. We should get Chris Hemsworth on it. I was going to say, I was going to say, I could see either an app or a YouTube channel coming here of Matt's YouTube sensation of doing yeah. camera workouts. Yep. Yep. Ooh. All right, everybody, let's do the camera crunch. Yeah. Let's go with it. You well, anyway, that's, that's enough about me, Tom. What are you doing with yourself? No, no, no. I'm not done with you yet. Oh. 15K, are you on Strava then or not? Strava? Is that like OnlyFans? <laughs> it's kind of, kind of, but it's for exercise. So oh, God, no. No, I absolutely not. And, it's, and, it, and it actually records things like your pace and how far you've run. It's like, oh. it's like having a Garmin watch, but instead it's recording it to your iPhone. Well, I've got a I've got an Apple Watch Ultra that has all sorts of um, gadgetry in it. I know, and I say that because Tom, we are we're in very safe hands on our hike because it has an alarm in case we run into <laughs> troubles. Um, I but I've, I use an app called Work Outdoors, which is I think sounds like very similar to Strava. Right, right. So, yeah. what pace did you run this fifteen k at? Well, yesterday was atrocious because, to be honest, I I set out to do just a cheeky seven k. And then I got great. And besides, the 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 bakery is just around the corner. So yeah, that's it. that. Grab myself a pie and sauce, and then that'll fuel me up to get home. Yeah. Well, so this was a terrible one, and it's very hilly as well. So I was my average pace was sitting up at like six and a half minutes. Six and a half. I could walk faster than that, mate. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's just it. Normally, I try to get my pace onto six minutes. For a 10k, um, that's my that's my good place. But yesterday, yep. I did not intend to head out on this, and I also, um, yeah, it was bloody hilly. So, yeah, fair but enough. hey, I got there. Time that's on feet. Right. That's what it's all about. That's mate. all right. Absolutely. On no, good on you. And yes, yeah. six weeks until we uh, partake. Six weeks today until we partake on this uh, very special hike that we'll be doing. And we'll be vlogging it, and we'll be doing all sorts of things. I'm really looking forward to it. I think it's going to be. Um, Fantastic! So long. As we we should, Tom. We should do it for charity. We should do get some charity fundraising happening. Well, interesting you say that because immediately after I finish this push-up challenge, which by the way, I don't know whether you've been watching. I give you a shout out. No one has been. No one's been watching. True, true. We have about two people on the live, and that's about it. Good. Maddie, Maddie, we're up to $3,520. That's 70% of my fundraising goal, which was $5,000 this year. Last year, I think we'd raised $5,800. Mm. So I'd really love to at least get to $4,200. And that would mean it was $10,000 raised for Lifeline over the last two years. However, um, just to give you a bit of an update, do you remember a couple of weeks ago when we did the podcast, you said, I would happily donate $10,000 so long as I got the number of push-ups done in the designated time frame. Mm, I, I, mm, maybe that Bintang helped to uh, erase a bit of my memory. Um, in it the might not there. have been $10,000. It might have it been, might not like have been. 100 bucks. However, oh, oh, yeah. Oh, that sounds familiar. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. Um. <laughs> However, um, today's the 20th. Target's 120. I will Yeesh. tell you that we are 520 push-ups. Oh, Behind. You need to refund every single person who's donated oh, for you. No, every person finishes on this Friday, and so I, I just need. To, I'll do five hundred and twenty today, and I'll be caught up. Hello. Um, yeah. You know you what? Like, happen? I. How many? If you were doing a set of push-ups, Tom, how many can you do without stopping? 
30, but I don't do standard push-ups. Have you seen my push-ups? Oh, what, you do the Superman ones, like one pinky or something? <laughs> or, or do you do the ones on your knees? I do them one-handed. I do them one hand, one. <laughs> you yeah. One leg, one hand, and then I you use your tongue. <laughs> I, I do them where I cross my f- ankles over behind, and that just places a little bit of extra pressure on your uh, chest there as you push. Well, up. if I can be perfectly honest with you, if um, I don't care what modification you do, if you don't hit your target, then that was a stupid move. You should be doing the little the ones on your knees. If you didn't hit your target, that says you are not ready for the things you think you're ready for. And I'm going to start rethinking doing this hike with you because no, clearly you your no. eyes are bigger than the challenge uh, and your capability. So speaking, I, I know time's getting on. Speaking of charity, as soon as we finish this push-up challenge for Life One, thank you everyone who's supported us thus far. Not yep, in failing, you, yeah. Not thanking you, Matt. Yeah, but it's all about the effort. Hey. No, it's not. It's not about the effort. If it was about the effort, you wouldn't put a number on it. You'd just say, look, I'm going to do push-ups over the next three weeks. But it's a fact that you put a target there means that that's that. people are paying to see you suffer, Tom. That's the whole thing. And so if you're not pushing yourself to suffer, then you really, no one gets any entertainment out of that. You wonder why no one's watching your YouTube channel. You know why. I'm going to just move on and ignore your... Um, <laughs> You know uh, that uh, straight after this, we're launching into uh, the bloody long walk where we're walking from Palm Beach to somewhere, 35 kilometres. Two days before our hike, I'm flying out to Sydney to participate in the bloody big walk, bloody long walk, whatever it is, raising money for... um, The Mito, Mito. The fact that you don't know the name of what you're raising money for, and the fact that you mispronounced it, it's you didn't say that you're. You said you're going up there to do it. I think what you mean you're going up there to attempt it, based on historic challenges. On one, I can I can walk walk 35 kilometers on one leg. Come on. (laughs) You said that about push-ups. I will hop the whole way. Anyway, on my, on my um, what was it? What, the the go go sticks, whatever they were called. What were they called? Go go stick, a pogo stick. Pogos, pogos. That's the a one. Go go stick. G or G G stick. G or <laughs> Have you been watching the cricket? Are you a cricket no, fan? No, I do not like sports okay, at all. No. How much time do you spend on your iPhone? Mm, too much. Way too much. One of the things, you, Matt, you know that I've not had a great last couple of days. A little no. bit top heavy. <laughs> Yeah, the fact lots that of, lots of Amazon purchases I'm gathering. Oh, don't tell Mary. There has been a few. Mm. Uh, remove retail therapy would help enormously. I decided that I'm spending way too much time on my phone, and it's it's seriously impacting my mental health. So I'm like, no, we've got to spend less time on that. Maybe doing a bit more reading instead. You know, I thought you were going to say work for a second then, but no. <laughs> that too, that wouldn't hurt. I went into my phone and looked at the last few weeks daily average it goes anywhere from five to six and a half hours per day yeah but i think i I mean don't get me wrong yes we all piss our time away on phones i it depends what you're doing on the phone with that time i also think to be honest well it does that that does you know because you you do run a business as well so i know that that how can i be spending that much time on the phone Oh, I reckon Seriously. I spend about two hours a day on the phone talking to people. Right. Okay. Well, that's a bit different. I'm certain. And I do all my emails on my phone. I read books on my phone right. in the morning okay. for about an hour. 
I obviously do massive workouts with my phone. Um, massive. Like 15K runs and stuff, just out of the blue, <laughs> uh, completely unprompted. Uh, not asking for charity money either, just doing the thing I said I'd do. Um, yeah. No, <laughs> no um, yeah. Yeah. Okay, Tom, we need to get on to our topic today. It is 19 and well, 20 minutes in four seconds. 20 um, minutes in. Well, we're, we're about on, on par then. On we're par. about right. Yeah. Yep, yeah. Yep. Well, anyway, up. just to summarize the first 20 minutes, though, camera calisthenics. That's that look out for the app coming to camera aesthetics. Yeah, we'll work it out anyway. We'll, we'll be with you. But anyway, go on Kickstarter, yep. fund us. Um, but yeah, Tom, so Tom, you had something that happened this week, obviously, that set off another, yet another episode of Tom's Facebook rants. <laughs> um, <laughs> what Without naming names or getting yeah. controversial about that and without getting ranty either because no one wants to hear it. No, no, no. I want to hear this because I actually have a really differing opinion, I think, and it's not just to be controversial. Yeah, no, that's tell good. That's you good. tell me what happened. It's and... not something I want to really labour on so much because, you know, no one wants to hear sour grapes or rants <laughs> other than if you jump on my Facebook page. I was going to say. You can see them all. <laughs> Even if you're not friends with me, then you should have a whole nother page just called Facebook Rants I by could. Tom. I could, I could. Yeah. It generally happens about once a year where I get myself in trouble because I write something mm. controversial. Yeah. God forbid. And lucky you've got friends like me who moderate the other 15 times a year that you don't you post. Do. That's true fact, yeah. everybody. That sometimes I, I do get in a bit of a hissy fit and I send it out to a few close friends, Matt included, and not that he's a close friend, but anyway, I send it out to him and, uh, and, and then they give me feedback. And generally, Matt's last – do you remember your response to the last rant I wrote? You're like, <laughs> what's the purpose of posting this, dude? Like, what are you on? <laughs> You're an idiot. Oh. Go back to sleep, whatever you think. <laughs> anyway. So tell me, tell me, what is – this rant is about exposure. Tell me what's the situation and yeah. so what's your stance not, on nothing, the situation? Nothing's triggered, triggered it um, particularly this time around. It's just I, I had a, a previous rant – on um, on the fact that um, a lot of photographers don't put their phone numbers on their websites, and then you know they're touting for business, they're a wedding photographer, whatever they might do, portrait photographer, whatever, and you go onto their about page or contact us, and it's just a form. There's no phone number, and it really annoys me too when you're looking for a face to the person. They're they're, they're all about. Um, you know, Tom Putt is a world famous landscape photographer and isn't he amazing and he's won this and he's done that. And they also mention how attractive he is without actually proving it. <laughs> they can't prove it, can they? They yeah. can't evaluate no. themselves by seeing a photograph of me naked. So, look, if you jump on my about page, you might find that. However, I, I just think you need to put a face to the name. And 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 like likewise, you need to put a phone number so people can call you. Now, when I put that rant up, most people went, oh, well, you know, like, you know, I get spam calls all the time. And so that. true, so true. I actually don't because, you know, um, if you go onto my TomPuttWorkshops.com page, the, the phone number is sort of embedded as a button in the top right-hand corner mm-hmm. and it's not picked up by all of these bots. And so, therefore, um, we don't get a lot of spam calls to that number, okay? Right. Now, so that would be a way around it, just a you know, free yeah. tip for anybody listening. But and then, just, are we talking about exposure or are we talking about putting your phone number on? Because I know you've got a lot of rants, but I just... My friend, Melissa, um, talked about the exposure rant in that. And so I went, oh, oh. Okay, let's move on. So, look, what's happened to me in the past, and <clears> specifically, <throat> I think it was 
the local leader newspaper down here in the Mornington Peninsula contacted me and said, oh, we love your photos. We've been on your website. We want to do an, an expose on the peninsula and show it off and how mm. amazing it is. Um, we'd love to use some of your aerial photographs for that. And, of course, the classic line was, we can't afford to pay you, however, it'll be great exposure for you, et cetera. Et cetera. We'll put your name all over it, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, yep, yeah, no. No thanks. Look, these that that paper can afford to pay me. I don't care what you say. At the end of the day, if you can afford to publish a newspaper weekly, you can afford to pay somebody to use their photographs. It's just it's just an insult. It's just we don't value your photography enough. Or if you don't give them to us for nothing, we'll get somebody else to do that for us. And so, so on so on that note though, like I so I've got one of my students or someone I bumped into recently on a workshop of some description. I can't remember whether it was a student or whether it was someone from a camera club that was on a workshop with me like I was running for them. But anyway, they said they submit photos to their local paper, which is, again, it's like the courier or the leader or something, but, you know, like their local one. Yep. And they do it, but they get paid $2 per photo. Oh, my God. Mm. But they basically, because there's no, it's a small town, they no one else does the photos, so they take basically all the photos for the paper. But even then when you factor all that in, you still, there's, there's no more than 50 photos in this thing. So you make $100 per weekly thing, but it's probably taken you literally all week to gather them. But anyway, so yeah, but you keep going. They earn more money working at McDonald's or at the post office than, do, you know, providing those photos. I think it just comes down to, there's a couple of issues playing at hand here. One, I think people justify it by saying, oh, they don't want to, say no because they do genuinely want the exposure it's a nice ego boost in order to have your photographs published i get that the second is that i think that they are looking to um i don't check your know what value to place on the photograph as well <laughs> so at the end of the day they're yeah. kind of like I, I don't know how much to charge so i'll just give it away okay yeah. and the third thing is they're told that they're they're you know they can't afford to be paid so they feel obliged to hand it over anyway and the other uh, the other factor that comes into play is i think that people figure well it hasn't cost me anything to get that photo all i did was press a button so that's wildly untrue though isn't it it is wildly untrue i'm not saying that i agree with it as i said you know yeah You've bought a camera, so that's <clears> your money. You've taken the time to take the photo, which most people grossly undervalue, particularly artists. They grossly undervalue the time that they um, that they they put into um, the training that they've had in order to be that artist, and the time that they've taken to get that photograph. So you've you've jumped on a plane, you've gone on a holiday, or you've gone specifically to take photographs. So that's cost you money. The laptop that you download your photographs onto, the Adobe, you know, subscription fee or whatever other software you've bought, insurance that you have for your laptop, your camera, etc., etc. Oh, I don't pay for it. It's all on my house and contents. Okay. So who pays for your house and contents insurance? Is that free? You know, it just annoys me because what happens eventually is that A, they don't get any exposure. As in, sure, they get published, but it doesn't lead to any further jobs. It's a bit like having your photographs hanging in a cafe and the cafe saying, it'll be great exposure for you. And you're expecting that A, they'll sell or B, that you'll get people approaching you going, oh, I love your photos, but we didn't like those ones, but we're wondering if you've got a whole lot more. That happens never. And so the problem is, is that it devalues the art. It devalues the worth of the artist and art in general. So the problem is, 
is that these companies or businesses get in the habit of asking for it for nothing and knowing that somebody perhaps will hand it over without charging and in the end that just devalues the whole industry. Mm. So is it, does this, this stance that you take, is that only for, I'll say professional for photographers or no. like how far no. down the chain would you apply this matter. logic? It doesn't matter. Really? Did, really? Yep. yep. All right. Okay. Interesting. It doesn't matter. Now there are some, there are some sort of caveats to this mm. and, and that's not to say that I haven't given away my photographs. Absolutely. I have, for example, I do it for charity uh, where I know genuinely that they can't afford it or even if they could afford it, I'm happy to contribute because it's like mm. my way of donating to that charity. Um, I've done it for other photographers who run workshops. I did it recently for Ignacio, who's running a workshop um, in Western Australia and the Northern Territory. He didn't have any photographs of the Kimberley. And he said, oh, can I, can I, um, I'll pay you. And I said, no, no, mate, you know, what goes around comes around. I know that I might perhaps run a workshop in a place that he's been. So I'll say to him, hey, mate, can I borrow a couple of your photographs in order to help advertise my workshop? Mm. So you know, it's it's all at the discretion of the person, obviously, giving away the photograph. But at the end of the day, I just don't think it's, it's – I just want to fire a shot across the bow and say, don't believe if anyone says to you it's good exposure for you. If anyone ever comes to me and says that, it's a big red flag where I'll either say, no, thank you, not interested, or I will say, sure, absolutely, but it's $500 per image. And that's that's basically a minimum now for me regardless of how they're going to use the image, if it's digital, if it's print, the minimum is $500. And so, all right, so that's one side of the story. Yep. Right. Can you, for someone who said they're turning off their phone and they're not using their phone, I've heard nothing but what sounds like the pokies running in the background. <laughs> that was two things. One was some emails coming through and the second was just a calendar reminder. Oh, uh, it doesn't sound like it. No, that sounded like you won $10,000 at the local RSL. <laughs> I I wish, speaking of which, I've got to buy my next lotto ticket for the. Oh, already done. Already done. Hey, buy the syndicate ones because you get like your odds go up so much better. It's just amazing. I won 900 bucks the other day. It's pretty exciting. Yeah. Um, Anyway, but back to the topic. Uh, So I don't actually. I okay, almost no. ex- I almost disagree with you on every single point that you just made. Wow. Not, okay. but, well, but not a good argument, and we'll, yeah. we'll see if it holds. All right, up. but here's the thing: I'm going to say as a caveat, I don't believe that's true for everyone. So what I'm about to say is not true for every single person. I don't think there's a one size fits all for the exposure story, yeah. Because everyone's in a different situation, and more importantly, everyone has different goals. Yes. So if you're a professional photographer, if you're superstar, legendary landscape photographer of the year internationally, Tom Part, who goes and accepts <laughs> awards in New York for a living. So glad you put my you name. probably That's don't it. have any real reason for exposure because you're already, you've already got a lot of exposure. You've already got your finger in a lot of pies. But I get, I, I would, I would, seriously, Tom. Oh. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> Such a dick. <laughs> Oh, my God, that's too funny. Just turn the thing off. Just turn it off, Tom. Turn it off. Mary trying to phone me, I think. Uh, Prompted, I'm sure. Um, But you probably, realistically, if you look at the length of your career, you have probably done these exposure things in the past. I have no doubt that you've done exposure things in the past and now you don't do them anymore because they no longer add value. But I've... (laughs) 
I can't remember. Yeah, exactly. You can't remember. Yeah. But I know that every single photographer I know, every yeah. one of them yes. has done this in the past. Of course, because you know why? Because they felt obliged at the time. And if you ask them again now, they go, fuck no, I wish I'd never. Yeah, done. exactly. But I think part, part of the thing with exposure so sometimes. We are trying to educate our audience to say, look, as much as you're tempted to do it, don't do it. Well, so I don't know. I don't, yeah, no. Because I think that as much yeah, as you no. might say that it didn't do anything for you, I think in some cases, exposure is very unquantifiable. You know what right I think now? we should do? I, I just have to cut you off here. <laughs> Mud wrestling. Is that it? <laughs> <laughs> I think we should get Nick Fletcher on the phone. I don't think no. he's in this area. No. Because he's probably, I don't think he's ever charged for a photograph. He's had to give away everything, hasn't he? Uh, no, he, he actually has paid well for it. <laughs> no, okay, <laughs> but good you slipped the name in. All right, yeah, so hear, hear, hear me out. Hear me out, Tom. I listened to you for like 15 minutes straight banging on about how upset you were about exposure. So I believe that if you have a one-off opportunity for exposure, so if someone comes to you like a local paper and says, we want to use your photo and all they're going to do is put your name under it and credit it, yep. I don't think there's any real value in that exposure, right? Okay. Because it's a one-off, it's a yep. small mention of your name. Yep. If someone says we're going to do an article on you in the paper, yep. that exposure is actually potentially valuable, especially if you don't already have a name because you will be in front of a lot of people and if you have a product to sell, it will potentially prompt people. I agree. Now, that's editorial on, on yeah. you as a person. So that's, yeah. that's a little bit different to what I'm talking about. But sure. Anyway. But then I think that the other part to this is that if you have lots of exposure opportunities, so if you're starting a business or starting to get your photography up and running is something you want to monetize, because that's what really, if you're, not, if you're not trying to monetize your photography, who cares whether, like with the exposure part, all you want to do is get the satisfaction of knowing that people saw your picture. Like that's what social media is, isn't it? No one gets anything out of social media. They just want to know that people are looking at it and appreciating it because it gives you some purpose. But if you're doing it from a monetization perspective and you're starting a business, if you can get exposure from 100 places over the course of three months. That's not going to ever happen. You're never well, going to get 100. Well, maybe not 100. But like media in three months. No, but you know what I'm saying though is if you it's the cumulative what, effect. I call I call it the Pataki ham theory. <laughs> Pataki hams. I haven't heard it advertised on the radio for a while. Exactly. So Laura and I we we always talk about the Pataki ham theory okay. because the okay. Pataki ham theory is that no one goes to the supermarket looking for a Pataki ham. Right. Well, you good. go to the supermarket and you that. look at whatever ham they've got and you're kind yes. of like, cool, that looks like the better of the hams. So. Mm. When no, you look at I, I disagree. I would think that sometimes if you've had exposure to that brand, that's why they do it. You then go into the supermarket and you're like, I'm not sure which ham I should buy. Oh, Pataki, I recognize that brand. I've heard them advertised on the radio or I saw that on TV. I'll buy that because I'm familiar with the brand. Ah, and Thomas Putt, thank you because I've just converted oh, you. Oh, I've just fallen into that trap. You fell into my little trap. Thank you. <laughs> Thomas, you can start climbing your way out of the honeypot. But here's the thing. Exposure can, if it's in the right spot at the right time and done frequently enough, that is a brand building exercise. Exposure is a one-off, we'd like to use your photo and you know full well that it's only being used because you captured one specific moment. Let's say as an example, like an event happened, Mornington Peninsula had a huge storm and you captured an incredible photo of the wave crashing over the pier and they said they wanna use that photo. There's no longevity in it. They're not advertising that you're a great photographer. They're simply saying that, hey, someone took a picture. So there's no real value there. But exposure comes in a lot of different forms. And so I think that exposure, when you think about it, if you've ever paid for advertising, all you're doing is paying for exposure. 
Yeah. So if you can get exposure for free in the right yeah. spot that actually fits your needs and business, well, now it's got a shit ton of value. Mm, to some degree, I, I think sometimes a paid advertisement will at least give you the exposure that you want as in, you know, it's presented in the way that you want. It's not just a crappy byline sitting underneath a photo in six-point font. Oh, no, I totally agree with you there. But I do think that you're also making an assumption about what the exposure is because sometimes exposure opportunities come with other things attached to them. So mm. I know I've done well, a lot I, of I actually like the I, I actually like the point that you made in a sense that, you know, um, if you're let's let's pitch this a little bit towards perhaps somebody who and I think a lot of the people, the three people that listen to this podcast would probably say, I'm a, I'm a budding photographer and absolutely if I had the chance, I'd love to make a career out of it. I'd like to do it more often than I would or I'd like to make some money out of it. Let's let's pitch that, mm. this, this this comment towards them that if, if they were approached by a local newspaper to use one of the photographs or a series of photographs and they said, we can't afford to pay you, you could well negotiate and say, hey, look, I understand, but do you reckon you could run like an article on me and, and wow. what I specialise in doing or, or some sort of angle that you could run in exchange for my photographs and that way that might help me get a bit more work. Mm-hmm. I like that idea of negotiating that. See, this is what happens a lot in, so in my little student universe, um, one person in particular, Suzanne P., Yep. she was... Um, she says, it's, it's, that's her surname. I, no, it's not. I'm just like trying to like not that. call people she's out because she might not want to be talking about it. But anyway, Suzanne, um, she was taking amazing photos of flowers. She got really into flower photography. Yep. Um, doing the whole like, you know, freezing them in ice and shooting them to ice and just taking lots of beautiful macro shots and stuff like that. And she was spending, at the time, she was spending something like 30 or $40 a week on flowers to photograph them. Yeah. The local florist she was buying them from, she obviously got, you know, got to know them because she's yes. buying tons of flowers. And they turned around and said, oh, you're doing photos. And she showed them the photos. And they said, oh, my gosh, we would love to use your photos on our gift cards. Yep. Like as the print. Yep. And she turned around and said they, they offered to pay. So it wasn't just purely exposure, but it yep. wasn't a lot of money, right? So that what they were offering was something along the lines, I believe, of like $50, right? Right. Or $100. And I said to her, well, what's the point? Like you've spent hundreds and hundreds of dollars buying flowers from them to take these photos and they're going to give you $100 back. But because of the transaction here, you've now basically said the effort you've put put in is worth the money they're giving you. Yep. That is not true. It's wildly disproportionate. So the same way that if you you were saying like if someone wants to use a photo that you've taken on a trip, that trip costs you $10,000, they're not going to pay you $10,000 for the photo to reimburse your trip. If they're only going to pay you $100, it's so wildly disproportionate to the actual value that it's almost insulting because when people hand you money, they actually believe they've given you the right amount. So sometimes actually not accepting the money is like saying, you know what? There's no way you could actually <laughs> afford, like it gives you more of an appreciation for what the photo's worth because the moment you give someone money, you feel as though you've done an, a fair and even transaction. And so what she did instead was she went back to the florist and said, um, and this is based on a conversation I had with her, by the way, so I'll take a bit of credit here. She turned around to them and said, hey, what? instead of paying me $100, which is kind of worthless in the scheme of it, can I come each week and collect the box of off-cut flowers that you do mm. from the bouquets? Mm. And they said, oh, God, yeah, because we throw them in the bin. Yep. So all of a sudden she was saving herself $40 a week and getting probably 10 times as many flowers as she was going to buy in the first place to do her hobby. 
And she's now got this beautiful mutual agreement with them where they do that. So that's kind of exposure, but it's exposure that's being kind of reworked. But when you straight up put money on it and say, no, that's worth this much, I honest to God think these days people are just going to be like, yeah, cool, I'll just go find someone else. And you genuinely will be overlooked. And it's it's kind of like being a vegetarian, hoping that you convert the world to vegetarianism. It's not going to happen. Yeah, you know? I'd like to think, well, I'd like to think also that the company may not necessarily find anybody else. There's a reason why they've approached you in the first place. It's a lot that sometimes there's so many constraints with the negotiation that mean that, you know, you, they would like to think they could find somebody else, but they're on a deadline. So they need that photo right here and now. And yeah, which I think is very true if you're looking at something like a, a, an event like a newspaper for instance that needs yep. one for a particular thing yep um, I, I, however I, I, within, I, with instagram and stuff like that i do think that it's pretty easy to get in touch with half a million photographers in 25 minutes um and statistically someone will give you the photo for free and statistically there'll be someone who's actually quite good at it who will do it for free mm. I know. like i love the principle of what you're talking about i just don't think in practicality these days that you can be as Unless you've already got a great reputation in a business like yourself, I don't think you can afford to be too um, uh, fixed or too immovable um, and demanding on the price or something. I think you need to build a relationship with people and, as you say, it might be saying, hey, okay, I'll give it to you, but in return, your $50 or your nothing, your credit doesn't mean anything. However, if you guys can run a column on me or I can write a column for you, um, and get your foot in the door there somehow, that'll develop a relationship that may well get monetized. But straight up saying it's going to cost X money, if you're not someone who's got a big name already, I think you'll probably unfortunately get laughed out the door. Well. Sadly, sadly and unfortunately. I think if they don't have a big name, they simply just have to drop your name first. And yeah, and just be like, I listen to Matt's podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Matt and Tom's podcast, excuse me. <laughs> Now, like, yeah, yeah, but I think I think you're right though. The, the crux of this is find a way that, even if it's not money, find a way that you it's get some value out of it. beneficial for everybody. Yes, exactly. Not exactly. just by handing over the photograph. I, I think yeah. if there's a regret, either during or after that, that's a transaction. I think that's where you're saying to yourself, "Well, actually, I should have asked for money, or I should have asked for something in exchange for that." Yeah. But also you've got to be happy if you're going to ask for money and you're pretty hell-bent on getting the money. If you walk away and they walk away and you didn't get published yep. and you didn't get any money, yeah, you, okay. you have no right to be sad about that at all. No, no, that's just yeah. negotiation. That's just how it works. And, and so I think that there's something about finding a way that it's, you know, I guess the way I look at it is to go often when you're trying to exchange something with people, we, we talk about money, right? So, you know, really, really... Um, exaggerated example of this is saying like, Tom, would you trade one of your photographs for bread? Uh, probably not. No, I'm, I'm trying to cut back on my carbs. Okay. What about a meat tray? <laughs> it depends about a tomahawk steak on it. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, but here's the funny thing, isn't it? Right. Cause like you go, if you want $500 for an image and the butcher wants your photo, on these wall of the peninsula to show off how mm. beautiful the farmlands are here mm. and you want meat, well, you could both go and exchange money oh, for this. But here's yeah. the thing, that the butcher is going to be spending X amount of dollars. Yes. And that's not viable for him. 
and you're going to get that money and then go and exchange it for the same thing he was going to give you in the first place. And there's a yeah. lot that gets lost between those two exchanges. Yes. Whereas for the butcher, he's probably got a hundred percent markup on it. I don't know, but hundred percent markup on his product. So for him, if he says, I'll give you $500 worth of meat, it only costs him $250. Yeah. So he gets $250 or he loses $250, but yes. you've gained 500 yes. in value. Yes. So often not going down the money route is another great way to get around this exposure thing is find something that's actually really cheap for your potential client that you actually want or we're going to pay for. And, and you'd be surprised at how that you know, translates. The system, mm. the, yeah. the value, not value add, what was I think? The value exchange. The value that's exchange, yeah. Value There's exchange. a couple of really good podcasts I've heard on this recently. Um, oh. One of them is called The Money Puzzle. Right. And they, they talk about this exchange of um, uh, the, the exchange of goods and how when it comes to um, exchanging things like money, for instance, how we all work off the US dollar. Yep. And it's really interesting because they said by working off the US dollar, we all save a lot of money because rather than going through all of the, well, if you're buying something from a country that's not US dollars, like say Canada. Yep. They say, well, Canada has to change their dollars into US dollars first or into Australian dollars, which yes. there's a money loss there. Then you have to change the, the, your money or your product across to them. And there's a, there's a huge amount of loss in the, in, the, um, in the converting of currencies and things. And yep. I think that that's why, you know, they're saying, you know, a lot of these countries hold US dollars in their reserves is so that yep. they don't have to constantly do these transactions. Yep. And, and as photographers or anyone doing any exchange with people, it's a really, really important lesson because, you know, I know, for instance, in my world, I work with, you know, a lot of creatives and I don't want to pay creatives what they deserve because that would completely destroy some of the margins that I, I run on, yeah. you know, um, and I simply in a lot of cases couldn't afford to do it under the budgets that I'm working with. Um, however, there are so many other ways that we can all win with value. Yeah. yeah. Um, and sometimes exposure can be a part of that, I think. That's what Absolutely. I was saying at the beginning. Hey, Matt, you know, yeah. we're going to wrap it up very soon. Oh, 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 just getting into it, mate. Just know, getting into it. That was my first point. We've just skimmed <laughs> the surface. Um, you know what we have almost failed to do this week? A answer the question. <laughs> <laughs> Add logic and sense and some yeah, sort of educational component to the podcast. Avoid the topic of photography. I don't know. What else? <laughs> well, Matt, we, of course, last podcast mentioned that we were actually going <gasps> Giving away some sort of product to Oh my some, gosh. I know, I know. And you know what? I've just as you were rabbiting on there and I tuned out completely and could not care less what you're talking about, I went into the entrance that we had for our competition. Oh found I just randomly picked a name and I found Kelly. And I'm going to give Kelly a call right now. Put oh, you just, I get it. The only reason you want to do this is because you want to get back on your phone again, isn't it? <laughs> Here we go. Let's see if she'll answer. She doesn't get the prize unless she answers the call. Is she going to be able to hear me as well? Yeah. <gasps> this is live. Oh, she's not answering. Hi. Oh, no, Kelly, you just voicemail. lost out. We'll leave a voicemail. We'll leave a voicemail. Yep. Kelly, it's Tom and Matt from the Tom and Matt's Excellent Podcast. Hi. That's Maddie there on the other end of the line. And we were calling you to give you an amazing prize and you haven't answered your phone. She even got the um, – 
the secret word right, Maddie? Crazy. <laughs> Crazy monkey. Oh, my God, Matt. So what do we do? Do we go to the next Call one? the next one. Sorry, right. Kelly. Kelly, we hope you can enter again. And thanks very much for listening. We love you. Bye. Bye. Oh, my God. That's very disappointing. You know, the worst part is she probably saw your number popping up on her phone <laughs> and was like, nah. Who the hell is that? Rando trying to call me. Let's go for Debbie. Let's call Debbie. Debbie, Debbie. Debbie Ray. Debbie. Debbie Ray. Debbie Ray. This is Tom Putt calling from the Matt and Tom's Excellent Podcast. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Great. Thank you very much. Hey, you are live on our podcast. We are recording this. So just FYI, I hope that's okay with you. Don't swear. <laughs> well, no, we do, but but you know, you're, yeah. you're most you're most but welcome. Not allowed, but I'm yeah. not allowed to. You're not well, you know. Also, please don't provide any unsolicited feedback that we might need to bleep out. Um. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll be I'll be good. But we want to thank you very much for listening to our podcast. We how long have you I been? Do. How long have you been listening for? Please tell us it's been more than one episode. Oh yes, yes. No, I've listened to quite a few actually. Oh. And they're very, very good. I yeah. oui. proud of them. Who's who's funnier, Matt or my or me? Oh, that's not fair. <laughs> <laughs> I do a lot of classes with Matt. I don't want to upset him. Oh. Okay. Oh, I think what you mean to say is it's not fair because you don't want to humiliate Tom on on uh, on a live podcast, but that's okay. Here we go. <laughs> I just happen to have picked somebody who happens to be one of yet another Matt Crummins bloody client um, yes i'm one of matt's graduates ah very good well look he does a brilliant job and i think the ai he uses in order to put up all those group photos of him supposedly running workshops is fantastic you put in the the secret podcast word which was crazy monkey so you, you got that right we have to nominate a word for this week maddie um Ooh. i'll let you think of that while i just tell debbie what her winning prize is for this week oh wow you, I never win anything. Well, this is your lucky day, I swear, because you've won a $100 gift voucher to spend with our good friends at Brilliant Prince. Now, Brilliant Prints are based up in Brisbane. They they ship all over Australia. They do canvas prints. They do frame prints. They do ice blocks. They do everything. And so we're going to set you up with them so you can spend that $100 towards perhaps photographing or should I say printing a photograph? Um, look, it could be one of my photos if you wanted to do that, um, but, but probably not. Are you, are, you, are you throwing in the artwork complimentary, Tom? <laughs> this is it. Awesome. This is it. So long as she doesn't, she doesn't publish one of uh, yours taken on your workshops there, Matt. But, and just do the selfie that we took at the end of the workshop. I think that could go up on a big canvas. This is it. This is it. Oh, and, that's good. Yeah, that would be nice. And I'd like to throw in a copy of uh, one of my books to send you as well. So I'll send you an email and if you could just flick me across your postal address, uh, I we'll will. get that out to you this week. But, hey, we wanted to thank you so much for listening and we do hope that you enjoy the podcast. And, I do. And um, congratulations once again. I would thoroughly recommend the podcast to anyone. Oh, hey. Very good value. There's a testimonial if ever I've heard I one. I know, right? Wow. Well, th- thanks, Debbie. And look forward to having you on one of my workshops very soon. all right take care well done see ya thank you bye Bye. there you go maddie listen to that That that's exciting so exciting also just to throw up that just to throw that be uh, so brilliant prints they also they've decked out my whole gallery all my prints are through there there you go there you go we might have a photo in the show notes maddie if you could shoot me across that yeah now 
have we got a secret word for next the next comp? Oh, it has to be exposure. <laughs> exposure. <laughs> All righty. Well, there you go. We will post that link into the Facebook group. So those who are listening and you're not a member of the Facebook group, jump onto Facebook, type into the search box, Matt and Tom's Excellent Podcast. It'll come up. You'll join the group. There's no questions to answer or anything like that. Just jump in and you'll see the link there in order to enter this week's competition. But uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. I hope you enjoyed the episode and we'll catch you next time. See ya. Bye. Thanks for joining us for yet another episode of Matt and Tom's Excellent Podcast. This episode is brought to you by Matt Crummins and Tom Fancy Pants Putt both of whom are working photographers running workshops all over Australia and, of course, the world. Join us on one of our workshops, and in the meantime, be sure to like and subscribe to the podcast to make sure you stay up to date.